Hi guys, and welcome to another edition of the Friday Wrap.、Uh, with me, I've got a co-host for today is Sarah Eiffelman. Did、hey. I say that right this time? <laughs> you did get it right today, Dean. <laughs> right. Excellent. Well, that, that you know,、um, I, I, that's in my head now. Just hopefully, I can actually get the date right. So. <laughs> Today's day is the twenty fifth of September. <laughs> sure is <laughs> fantastic. So this week,、um, well, you know,、uh, in the news and finance today,、uh, there's、uh, well, we can't avoid it.、Um, the axing of the responsible lending laws, which is blowing up on finance and coffee, actually. Absolutely,、um, it's huge news.、Mm, it is. So,、um, any thoughts on that one?、Uh, look, I think. Given the announcement has come from a publication and not directly from the government, I take with a grain of salt what that actually means.、Mm. Uh, there's been a lot of correspondence and communication over the last few weeks about if the credit laws are too tight and no bank loans going bad, it means not enough credit is being lent. And given that we're already in a recession, I would assume that the government is trying to find ways to keep the economy functioning, and this、yeah. is one of them. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that one because because、um, I you know a couple of months ago um、uh, the, uh, the 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 conversation was regards to lending to、uh, businesses yeah um and that appeared to be tight and then so the government said、uh, yeah no, no they, they they lending to businesses and lending to consumers are different so they wanted to relax that so that the businesses can borrow. Yeah,、um, and there was、sorry. a lot of work done by Cafba and Cosboa on that in、mm-hmm. advocacy for both small businesses and the commercial and asset finance small business lending sector,、um, mm-hmm. which had positive outcome. Yep, absolutely. And then obviously now with regards to this,、um, you know, for 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 the general audience outside of finance, it, it sounds like you know,、um, oh, this is an opportunity for bankers and, and whatnot to to do or even brokers to do the wrong thing. But really, it isn't. It's just more, you know, it, it's more so that banks can actually take a, a more、um, how do you call it a more common sense approach to lending money, rather than basically you know holding money and, and trying to find an excuse to say no. Look,、Sorry. I think before regulation, like post GFC, when banks were self-regulating their own policies with less、mm. interference from APRA or ASIC, you'll find that the same thing actually occurred, where policies were super tight leading in. We had really high interest rates, you know, eight and a half percent, pushing nine percent、mm. interest rates, and then. GFC was announced. The impact of that unfolded, and suddenly there was a relaxation on on lending policies and how those policies were interpreted by the credit assessors and applied to credit、mm. at the time, which opened up、um, a huge market space for、um, growth in that sector. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and that again as well. Just going back to GFC, I think everything there was.、Um, I suppose you can call it the media being afraid that、uh, what was going to happen to Australia because of what was happening globally. But then Australia was pretty, you know, the the the, the lending policies anyway inside most banks in Australia is pretty strong. We didn't we didn't face the same issues as the、uh, you know. No,、uh, and historically, if you look at the statistics of you know what was called ninja credit back then, no income, no job or、mm. application,、um, yep. we didn't have anything near that in terms of our default rate or delinquency rates. Um, no. And and it's consistent still today. So there is、oh, evidence.、Excellent. There is evidence that、mm. demonstrates that we can relax our lending positions、mm. and our, our policies to enable growth in the marketplace.、Uh, it's just how that gets interpreted and what that means moving forward. I don't think you'll see them throw the baby out with the bathwater on this one, though. 
No, but um, but it's just another example of the media getting it wrong. To be honest, um, I think the uh, yes. you know the well, look. I'll, I'll go back back again back to the GFC, right? So the whole falafel that was happening in in the US. The fundamental thing about the US was the fact that a lender, uh, sorry, a borrower, can actually hand back the keys and walk Correct. away with no repercussions, yep. right? There's no joint and several liability. Yeah. Whereas in Australia, you can't do that. So nope. you, you could decide that you'll default on a loan, but then the bank sells up your property, but then the bank can still make you pay for the rest of it, right? So that's well, it has that's access where... to the rest of your assets via the court process, which is something that's completely different in America. I don't want this house anymore. I'll hand you back the keys. Yeah. Yeah, okay. so that was a disaster um, <laughs> over there. And that's why it, it was a disaster. But you can't get that here in Australia. And I think that's where look, the, the media needs to get that right uh, without scaring everything. And, and then obviously the, the politicians get scared and then they'll do that based on, you know, the, their population being scared. Um, so uh, but anyway, moving on. I was uh, going to say, I think that leads into the next point you'd like to discuss, which is about the way that the industry is perceived and how that influences regulation and what we do as mortgage brokers and our demonstration of our value proposition, which is why we've now seen the, the announcements that have come out in the last day with the handing down of the final report from the Royal Commission. Um, now, I, I did a, uh, is actually now for the people in the finance coffee community anyway, uh, it is actually a pin post to the announcements. Um, I actually sat down with Mike Felton from uh, the CEO of the FBI, sorry, the MFAA, uh, to discuss uh, all, all those things that's happened on Monday. Um, so I'll, 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 I'll revert to that, but otherwise, you know, hey, um, uh, what do you think so far from, from your terms? Look, I think the government's position hasn't moved too much. There were some interesting points that Mike made um, that perhaps give further clarification as to why things have unfolded the way they've unfolded, um, mm. specifically related to clawbacks not being perceived by the government as, as REM, but rather part of the bid framework and then the implications that go with that as a result. And that's great, but it's very difficult when you're a business owner running a business Mm -hmm. and we're the only industry, with the exception of the travel industry, who this year have for the first time suffered what we've suffered for years in terms of being required to repay income that they've earned because of policy Mm. or a loan, or in their case, a travel plan hasn't proceeded as such. And the outcry in early March April from the travel industry um, they couldn't believe what was happening to them and there was a little bit of um, you know understanding perhaps as to what we go through on a daily basis when a client pays out their loan might Mm -hmm. not even be through their own fault they may have had a partner pass away Mm -hmm. or they might go through a divorce um, Mm -hmm. and the impact is on us as business owners and it affects our productivity and our profitability I, I, I'll be honest, I never thought about that on the, in terms of the travel industry. I mean, I, for, yeah. for me, I've always been purely a consumer on the side, which was, you know, I bought a plane ticket to go to Europe. Yeah. Wasn't able to go to Europe. I was pissed off. Um, and I, I didn't think about the, uh, you know, the, uh, the the person in the middle who yeah. sold me the ticket. And so. the unintended consequences to that business owner. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, okay, so I'll, 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 I won't spend too much time on that one, only because sure. um, I, I think I'll, I'll leave that to the industry bodies and aggregators to sure. digest and, and I suppose send out to the groups. Um, now, uh, uh, another big piece of news this week. It's been a big week, hasn't it? <laughs> oh, it's, it's massive. Uh, you know, originally I was going to talk about this first, but then the uh, the responsible lending law is being relaxed. Was mm. uh, you know came into the the, the, the news last night, and yeah. uh, you know, 
Um, but Westpac. Um, yeah, huge. Uh, monumental. Huge. Mm. Never before seen in this country. The biggest fine ever handed down to a bank uh, body. It, it, is, it is a civil fine, though. Just This is to... true. This is mm. true. It is a civil fine. So how does that impact Oztrack and the implications of the lenders to adequately and legally disclose their obligations to the movement of money around the world? Mm-hmm. What does so, it mean moving forward? It, it, well, you know, I, I, I see it on a different term. So, you know, there, there's a, we've done a post on Finance and Coffee, uh, the group itself, in terms of what was found to have been breached. Yeah. Um, but I, I look at it in a different way, right? So we see it as a major business um, doing the wrong thing. Um, but yet, I, I don't see anyone actually being punished because really a, a business getting, you know, being having to pay that. I mean, all they're going to do is just pass it on to their own customers, right? Effectively, let's, let's they will it. recoup that in a different way. Absolutely. Whereas, say, say you as a broker, say you did a breach, mm-hmm. knowingly or unknowingly, mm-hmm. you, you're not going to get off so lightly. Absolutely. I mean, so, my credit license will be revoked. I'll be <clears throat> potentially charged and mm-hmm. could end up in jail. So... Where does the Absolutely. responsibility lie within Westpac, no. and who's legally liable? Yeah, and we, we see this time and time again, like you know the uh, the bigger banks, and, and this this goes back to say even the, the Royal Commission to the misconduct of banking in banking, right? So let, <laughs> you mean what it was that, actually that called for? <laughs> what it was actually called for, and the next thing you know, you know the the poor old broker gets slapped on the head, going, you know, hey, you know, look at this dude <laughs> or this yeah. gal, and I'm like, what? I'm standing there, and, and and it just it just makes no sense, right? So we had all that, but really, who, who's actually going to be punished? Um, yes, you know, we'll have some marketing saying we'll do better now. Uh, yes, uh, here's some fines to pay. Uh, look, at the end of the day, it's an, an you know an extraordinary amount of money to be paid. Um, but at the end of the day, is who is actually going to pay? It's actually the the, the, the customers in some way. So. You can't um, avoid it. At the end of the day, a bank is a business just like we are and they are entitled to make a profit. So if the well, yeah. way well, that they're exactly. going to afford that exactly. fine is via charging their customers to do so, then they will mm. do so. They have shareholders of which they're accountable to um, and the consumer will pay for it one way or another. Mm, but then who is the ultimate person or, or who are the people? Or was it a chain that was, you know, that's gone Look, I think I think the interesting thing with Westpac, they seem to be uh, the the bank of choice under fire at the moment. There've been a range of things of which they've been attempted to be held accountable for, um, and we're not seeing that much movement from within the management sector um, Mm -hmm. within Westpac, and and maybe that just comes down to a fundamental oversight in their systems and processes, or maybe it's more than that. I'm not sure. I can't really comment on that, but. What does it mean moving forward for the lenders and what does it mean for brokers? I, I think to, to drive home for brokers, once again, make sure that you're doing the checks and balances that are required. Um, Oztrack uh, has been around for forever. Before regulation came in, before licensing came in, verification of identity, suspicion of fraudulent behaviour, counterterrorism, money laundering. We've had those obligations as duty to industry and duty to consumer for mm. a very, very long time. It really should be business as usual for us in this uh-huh. space, but it's a great reminder to make sure that you are dotting your I's and crossing your T's uh, when it comes to the checks that you need to comply with to fulfill your job and to fill, fulfill Absolutely. your role. Absolutely. And in layman's terms, if you don't do it right, you will, you will be thrown under the bus. So, um, 
So yeah. that sounds really bad. You uh, might deserve the bus if you're deliberately not complying. So, <laughs> what, yeah, well, no, absolutely. If you're not complying correctly, yes. But you know, the the the, the problem there is, you know, um, and I, I've said it a couple of times, which is, is you know, what what if it was actually the, the client that was trying to pull the the, the wool over your eyes? Right? And, and so. this is the thing that, that there seems to be a, a mismatch with consumer responsibility and obligation here as well. Mm. But that's probably a topic for another time that involves a it lot is. longer it conversation. Is. Yeah. <laughs> it is indeed. Now, um, so let, let's moving on. Uh, there's two more things to, to have mm. a chat about. Um, you pointed out that uh, prior to this recording, um, small business to benefit from US style bankruptcy rules. Yeah, there's some changes coming. There's a big concern. I think it goes back to, you know, these both announcements were in the last 24, 48 hours. The government mm. has huge concerns about the impacts moving forward and um, the changes will be part of um, the pre-COVID-19 fiscal strategy that was mm-hmm. in place from the government. Um, and I think watch this space as to what that really means. Once mm-hmm. again, it's a publication that's announced it and we know that there can be some issues at times with the correct reporting of that information. So I'd be yeah. I'd be really interested to see what comes out from government on that in the next few days, weeks. I, I, I'd, I'd actually say, you know, the, the stuff coming out of the AFR is usually pretty spot on. Though. The <laughs> yeah, AFR, any, yes, but you yeah, know. <laughs> any, any, other, any other publication I'd, I'd have questions about. Uh, but anyway, that, that definitely one to look into, right? So, and I think they're moving quickly because of COVID, I'll be honest. And, so. and you know, like small business covers such a range of different industries. There's small business hmm. in every industry, um, specifically due to the, the health restrictions that have been put on place. And in Victoria, on top of that, noting mm. that Victoria's jurisdiction is very different to the federal jurisdiction. The federal government can only do what it can do to assist um, whilst maintaining the requirements for distancing in that space. Mm-hmm. But, you know, JobKeeper and the cash flow boost won't go on forever. We know that. And mm-hmm. the, the proposed cliff that they're talking about coming with the changes to JobKeeper I think they, they, they're going to use this as the fiscal strategy moving forward to try and maintain at least some consistency in that in that space yep. for small businesses. Absolutely. All right, so uh, one other thing with regards to the... Well, this one actually relates to the finance coffee community, right? So we, we had a, um, Samira um, Fernandez actually uh, put on a post yesterday, I believe, Yep. And it's quite interesting, right? And and, and, and we, we've seen this for the last couple of months now with regards to cashback offers, right? Left, right, centre. Um, even retention teams offering it um, with some bigger bankers, uh, sorry, with some bigger lenders to, to match um, cashback offers so that to keep their own clients and so forth. So um, uh, th- this particular post was interesting to me and stood out because, you know, um, it limited to the fact that the customer um, actually received a higher cashback offer than the broker doing hours and hours and hours of work. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, a broker's comps is actually based on the loan size, right? Yeah. So, um, in, in this case, I'm, I'm not I'm not bemoaning the fact that the, the client got got some something out because that's the whole point. You know, we're supposed to support the the client. Cash the cashbacks better, are not better. new, right? They've been around forever. They're just no. No, drastically increased in the value of which they're being applied. You know, it used to be a thousand dollar cashback was huge. Now you're looking at four thousand, sometimes yes. even six thousand, depending on the lender and yes. the, the customer position. Um, mm-hmm. I and, think and it, the cost yep. of acquisition is what I'm going to say here. Um, yeah, and um, and it's, and it, it is interesting because obviously uh, the bigger banks have, have done their numbers. 
and and it's actually cheaper to keep a client or to woo a client over, isn't it? So, well, it's interesting that because they've also costed our commission into their strategy when they've looked at their funds. So there's mm-hmm. argument to be, to be arguing, should we potentially, this could be contentious, mm-hmm. should we be increasing broker's commission regardless of outcomes from the Royal Commission in line with that framework? But if mm-hmm. the banks have got funds to provide such huge customer acquisition positions, why mm-hmm. aren't the brokers sharing in that when we're the ones that are doing all the work, taking the legal responsibility and claw back on top? Mm-hmm. So you've now, uh, you know, unintended consequences we talk about quite regularly and we now have a position where a, a customer could come through a broker and refinance every 12 months mm. and still have more money in their pocket than they were prior to the initial consult with the broker and mm. the broker is the one that wears all the costs of that and it's not just a cost of writing a loan all the time involved in writing that loan. It's the cost of running a business, it's the cost of licensing, it's the cost of auditing, um, mm-hmm. insurances. And then if you have staff, you can't take the the money that you paid your staff back either. So I definitely Great. think there's room to look at a, at a bigger picture as to how do we as an industry improve our value proposition, what we mm. offer and how we communicate that. Well, I think, you know, there, there and goes uh, well, from a comment earlier in the, in the piece, which is the media getting it wrong, so wrong when it comes to what brokers do, right? So. Uh, and one of the one which which pisses me off completely is the fact that the misconception that if you go to a broker, your loan is more expensive than if you went direct to to a certain bank, right, or to the bank themselves. Completely wrong. Completely crap. There's, an, the there's same, an agenda. Right? There's an agenda in that when they write that, though. Well, it, it is. It's clickbait, and, and yep, you know that's exactly um, right. And and obviously, uh, I guess the general public aren't aware that sometimes a media uh, piece is actually an advertorial piece without actually being an advertorial piece. Yeah, I, I could be wrong. Yeah, you know, getting days, uh, you know, I, I I would ask if any journalists out there or an advertorial. Or advertorial, yes, that's that's a neat word to use, isn't it? Yes. But really, you know, at the end of the day, that that a, a broker's job um, is the same, but um, as as someone in the branch. But then a branch, someone in the branch won't tell you um, that you know another bank or another opposition has a better product that may suit you. Right? They so, they won't, but they're also not licensed in the same way that we are. So they don't have the same educational requirements and qualifications, right. lack mm. of understanding of the entire marketplace because they only have one product. So mm-hmm. it's a really interesting thing. I'd love to see us as an industry uh, promote more clearer uh, communication to the public and the consumers as to what we really do and how it benefits consumers. I mean, we don't have a growing market share for no reason and it mm-hmm. will continue to grow. But that said, I definitely think there's still room to really adequately and effectively communicate what we do and the time that goes into yeah. uh, being a broker and doing the right thing by the client and ensuring that our checks and balances are crossed off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. Um, so uh, that, that's that's pretty much it for the wrap of this massive week. week. <laughs> yeah, oh, massive news week. Indeed. No, no. The only thing I've got for you is a follow up from last week with regard to the Victorian PM and the vote of no confidence. I believe yep. they had eight days to respond to that, and if mm-hmm. they don't respond with an answer within a month, it gets voted in Parliament. So that gives us three weeks to sit back and wait and see what happens. Um, we do also have the. Uh, hotel quarantine inquiry that's going on in Victoria at the moment. And, yes, uh, indeed. You, you, you were. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was a video of you. Uh, well, that was from that was from a different inquiry yesterday. That was the Senate oh, was Select Sorry. Committee. Yeah, that was uh-huh. the federal government's inquiry into the government's Ooh. response to COVID nineteen, not uh-huh. the state government's inquiry into the hotel quarantine. Although potentially, I could have presented it both. <laughs> yep. 
just due to circumstances this year. So it'll be very interesting to see what uh, Dan Andrews comes out with today. Jenny, um, I can never pronounce her last name, the health minister, she, uh, plausible deniability was yesterday's uh, topic. <laughs> I don't I don't know about it. I didn't find out about it until late May, June when the first outbreak occurred in this, the, one of the hotels. Mm-hmm. Politician day. Uh, yeah, well, uh, guess what? People before politics. <laughs> well, indeed, indeed. That's my um, heart for the week. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hey, it's been awesome on as a co- co-host. Um, sure. Michael Tran will be back next week he um, after he has been travelling around freely in New South Wales. Yeah. Um, not that there is any mention of you know uh, uh, <laughs> jealousy out of that, but uh, no, anyway, not at all. No, none at all. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you, Sarah, uh, and uh, guys, uh, listening. Hopefully, uh, we'll see more events happening unfolding in the next week. Thank you. Cheers, see you later. Bye. Bye.